Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. How difficult has your life been up to now? Have you given a voice to the difficulties? It's time to break the silence. Temporary difficulties end and your response to them determine how you live life after your difficulties. So respond well and live. You are listening to the Patricia Adams Live radio show where we discuss life's difficult topics. Stick around. everybody, welcome. We hope to enlighten your mind and lighten your heart with each episode as we talk over difficult life topics. Help you find your voice and discover that there is life after difficulties. If this is your first time listening, thanks for coming. Come back often and feel free to add the episode to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Pat Adams Live and the show's website, patriciaadamslive.com. All contact links are in the show notes, and the MP3 will be available after the episode for downloading. Now, let's get into the show. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Blog Talk Radio family. I want to thank you so much for tuning in with us today, and we have our special guest, Pamir Mee Kane. And she is a powerful woman in her own right, and she is sharing a message that is powerful, and we are so happy and enthused and humbled to be able to help her share this message across the platform, across uh, the world where everybody's listening, because you guys all know that we never know where people are tuning in at internationally, globally. So we are here on Patricia Adams Live to bring you Miss Tamir Neen Kane. Good morning, Tony. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, Patricia, for bringing me on this morning. 
Yes, I'm happy that you took the time out of your busy schedule <laughs> uh, because your itinerary has definitely been full, and I am just just amazed at how your life has transformed, how your life has just turned around. But in terms of saying amazed, I'm amazed not because I couldn't believe it that it could be so, but amazed at how people can write people off and yeah, uh, we're write people off and um, to look at the evidence that if you would to justify somebody writing someone off like Tony or Mean Kane and then to see the contrast of Tony or Mean Kane after her life difficulties tells me that God is able um, yes. that uh, perseverance and persistence and having someone to come along and believe that you were worth everything that God had paid to his son um, to, to want to invest in you, to want to give you that opportunity to say, okay, you know what, enough is enough. And yes. you chose to do that, and so many people don't do that. So your story is, is vast. It, it covers the gamut um, of trauma, of child abuse, of sexual abuse, of um, what do they call uh, prison recidivism, what's the word, recidivism, uh, yes. you know, uh, repeat offenses, rehab, uh, mental health, um, molestation, and having your rights violated. And the biggest thing of it is, is that to know that the people who were designed and by God to protect our, our parents, yeah. our mothers, our fathers, our siblings, you know, our, our leaders in our communities. But at the hands of all of these people, you suffered the most. And yes. before we get more into your story, and I will go as long as you want to go. The show is set up for an hour, but if time permits or whatever, and we want to go, um, whatever needs to be said today, I believe will be said. So, but my biggest thing is that I attended an advocacy training, and it bears out the statistics of people like you and people like me, where 99% of the abuse that we received came at the hands of people we knew. Yes. And people who said that they were our parents or our pastors or our neighbors or whatever, 99% of the abuse that tracks in your life, it, correct me if I'm wrong, came at the hands of people that you knew. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves 1%, 1% of them being strangers. And so, it's about you know, 3%, we kind of, about 3%. Okay. And we, so, yeah. Um, yeah, so between 1% and 3% of the people who have brought harm to people like you, um, are, are strangers, but 97 to 99% of them are non-strangers. Yep. And this is something that um, we don't want to talk about. We, we, we really don't want to talk about that um, because then something I believe would come out of it, something would be done, and something serious would happen to bring about a change. Um, so I'm glad that you were able to take the time out of your schedule to come and talk about what you're doing to bring uh, awareness to the fact that 
happens not from the hands of strangers, but from the people you know and the people that you walk the streets with every day um, are the predators in most uh, young children's lives. So um, without any further ado, the show is all yours. Uh, Share what's on your heart. uh, Promote um, your documentary and um, whatever your itinerary is upcoming because you don't know where the listeners are, you know, tuning in at. So if you have any public events that you would like for people to attend, please, please, please promote those. Absolutely. I um, First I want to say I just want to thank God. You know, I want to give God the glory. I've been – my prayer has been – to everything I do to glorify him because what I know is that what I'm doing is my purpose. What I know is that there is no way that I came through everything I came through not for it to be turned out for the good because a lot of times we a lot of things happen to us and we 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 question God or we question, you know, our worth or, or what did we do to deserve it. And and at the end of the day, when we look at what God can, can turn our, how he turned our lemons into lemonade for, for his good, you know, we, we ultimately are fishers of men. And, and however it comes about, it shall be done. You know, we have our own plans, but God's purpose will prevail. And I thank God. I thank God that I believe I am walking in my purpose. I um, My story isn't much different than a lot of the stories of the prevalence that we know of trauma, you know, up to 72% of incarcerated girls or, or those in our public health, health system has been exposed to emotional, physical, or sexual abuse. So we can pretty much, you know, everybody that being served in our um, public health systems, we can pretty much, automatically look at everybody and said that some kind of way, somehow they've been traumatized. Um, so my story isn't is much different. As a child, I was um, physically abused. You know, I was raised in a home with a, a, a one parent in a project, alcoholic mother, and I um, invented my physical abuse was something that I always believed that it was, I was just much was a bad child. And then when the sexual abuse, the molestation happened, you know, I I never really understood that to its fullness. But what I thought was, this is what happened to people sometimes. I never thought that anything was, I know it felt wrong, but I didn't think it was criminal. I really didn't. I just, you know, um, thought that people were just fresh or they Hi audience we're experiencing some technical difficulties please stand by Um, our host will be rejoining us short I mean our guest will be rejoining us shortly Um, and I want to thank you all so much and I want to tell you a little bit more about her while we recover um, the call and I want you to know that Tonier, I mean, Kane, she's overcome a life of living uh, what she calls on the fringes for over two decades. And uh, she hustled on the streets. Um, she was feeding a crack addiction. She had gone through 83 arrests, rapes, beatings, and homeless, uh, living under a bridge or either inside of uh, prison. So I want to thank you so much. Um, our guest is back in the audience with us now in the studio. So, Janir? Yes. 
You're there. <laughs> you yes, know? that was wild. That was wild, but we're yeah. going to get through it. We're going to get through it. So go right ahead and pick up where you left off. Okay. Okay, yes. Yeah. So like I said, you know, I never really thought that when people did things bad to me that it was criminal. I didn't think when my mother abused me um, physically that, you know, you, this is what happened. Kids get beaten when when their parents are upset or when she was hung over or whatever. It just happened in the community, so I didn't think it was anything different. So I just kind of dealt with it the best way I could, and the best way I could was to drink. I started drinking at a very, very young age. Um, around age nine, I started to drink. And what I realized was when I would find those half-filled cups of alcohol and I would experiment with them, and my life didn't feel as bad anymore. I could deal with it better. You know what I mean? So I would just drink, and, and, and you know, when I was smacked down and called names, it just didn't feel as bad anymore. So I started to drink to help me to cope with my reality. Um, well, with Eventually, we were um, taken away from my mother and put into foster care and ended up um, being with a family member. And, you know, for the first time, I felt like maybe I this was going, I was going to be okay because nobody was touching me, nobody was teasing me, I wasn't being called names, I wasn't beaten. And my, my cousin used to send me to church on Sunday, which was different for me because I, I, I never really went to church. I mean... I knew church existed, but, you know, we, my mother, you know, just wasn't something in our household. So she would send us to church every Sunday. So I had, that was my first experience with hearing about God. But that didn't last long because my mother eventually, you know, um, convinced me to come back with her at age 14, which resulted in me um, attempting suicide. You know, I end up taking a bottle of pills and, and, and waking up in the hospital. And, you know, nobody asks me why. Why did you, you know, take those bottle of pills, little girl? Why Why are you trying to kill yourself? And, I, um, I, again, I was sent back into her household and eventually went with my aunt who decided she would take care of me. She was already raising one of my sisters. So not only have I, at this point, have I experienced um, molestation, um, physical abuse, neglect, abandonment, but now I'm being pushed all over to different people, and there was never any stability for me. And um, But I ended up with my, my aunt, but my mother was still very involved in my life, and, and I ended up um, meeting this um, this man that was much older than me. He was the drinking partner of my mother, eventually became a, a drinking partner of my mother. And I ended up marrying him, and I don't know if it was really about, you know, doing it so my mother can have a place to live to make her proud of me because I always thought if I make her proud of me, she'll love me, you know what I mean? I always thought I had to do things to earn her love. I didn't think that mothers automatically love their kids because it wasn't something I experienced. So I thought, well, if I marry him because she had been evicted and she had three three additional um, little kids, she'll have a place to live, and I can kind of be her be her stability. I can be the person that provides for her. So I'll marry him and, and move in. But he was abusive. He was abusive, and he beat me. Um, he he just wasn't a loving husband. You know, I ended up being pregnant very early in the process. I remember him beating me and stomping me to the point where I just I just didn't, I knew at that point that that's going to be my life. 
if this is just how it's going to be for me. Because now, after all those other things I experienced, now I have a husband that's going to beat me at any given moment. Any given moment when he feels like beating on this little girl, it was going. It was just going to happen, and that was my life. My belief system at that point was, this is how it's going to be for me. I'm going to be nothing, and I'm just going to have to just deal with it. So when somebody offered me crack cocaine, for me, it was the answer to my question. I mean, the answer to all of my problems because I didn't have to feel again. I could just numb out with this drug and not have to worry about feeling neglected, abandoned, abused, violated, stripped it, beat down. I didn't have to, you know, whatever. I can deal with it. Just give me more and more and more of this drug. Well, I end up, because of this drug, prostituting on the street for 19 years, living on the street for 19 years, racking up 83 arrests and 66 convictions. So that was it. You know, and, you know, at that point, I didn't really, I, I didn't have much respect for anybody or anything. Nobody allowed me to come and stay in their house. I had to live on the streets. I would eat food out of a trash can like a rat, like a rat. I would eat scraps out of a trash can like a rat. And and I lived like that for almost 20 years. And and people kept calling me crazy, and they sent, kept sending me to the to. Um, mental health providers where they kept giving me all this medication, making it impossible for me to heal and recover because they were over-medicating me every single time. As a result of all of this, I was having kids because I was either being raped or I was prostituting. As a result of that, not protecting myself, you know, I ended up pregnant having children, that every time I would give birth to a baby, it was snatched out of my arms. So now I'm up to the point where not only have I been physically abused, neglected, abandoned, molested, sexual abused, beaten constantly by a man that told me he loved me, homelessness, now with mental health issues, now I had children that were being snatched out of my arms. The trauma was, was unbelievable. Unbelievable, and I um. But again, I will keep using and using and using. The more things happen to me, the more I use. I was beat and raped so many times I can't even count them. I can't. And I will go. They. I will go into these systems of care, corrections, mental health, or substance abuse, where I was being abused sexually and physically. You know, I was court-ordered to a substance abuse program where the drug counselor ended up raping me. And I went into a um, detention center, told them I was pregnant. They told me I wasn't. They somehow confused my um, my test with somebody else, and they medicated me for something that I didn't have. And I ended up miscarrying a baby at five months pregnant, and they shackled me down to the gurney with my baby unable to fully abort, stuck between my legs, the head hanging out, strapped Strength, um, strapped me down to the gurney and just threw a sheet over top of my half part of my body with my dead baby laying between my legs for several hours. So, I mean, we're talking about trauma that is unbelievable. To you know, it's just it's, you can't even even 
begin to think of everything that I've been through because everywhere as I went, I was being abused. I was being traumatized. So I, it was impossible for me to heal and recover. Well, after 19 years of that, I end up in prison pregnant again. And, you know, I remember somebody telling me when all else failed, why not look up to God? And, see, my problem wasn't I didn't have a problem with believing that there that God existed. I didn't. I really didn't. My problem was, could he love somebody like me? Will he help somebody like me? I've been beat. I've been raped. I've put myself in these harmful ways, and I just, the things I did to myself and to other people, could he love somebody like me? And that was my problem. But all I knew was now I was in in prison, pregnant again, and I was terrified terrified that I was going to lose another baby. I was, yet again, another baby was about to be snatched from my arms. How was I going to live through that? And I I couldn't get to the drugs. I was in prison. How was I going to numb myself with this, with this pain I know I'm about to experience? And I remember one morning I got up. They were calling breakfast. And I'm in prison. They called breakfast. And I, my roommate had left. She worked in the kitchen, so she left very early. I laid on my concrete floor in that little cell, and I cried, and I cried. And, I, and I'm not even going to call it a prayer. I just cried. I said, if you even listening, please help me. And I cried for hours. I laid on that concrete floor, and I cried, and I cried, and I screamed out to him. And I, and I, just, I just didn't know how he was going to help me, but I just needed to try. And when I got up several hours later after crying and laying on that concrete floor, I felt different. I did. And I still didn't know how he was going to help me because they tell me that this program I want to go to for pregnant inmates that you can keep your baby with you. They told me I couldn't go because I wasn't eligible for this program because in order to go to this trauma-specific program, you had to be eligible for parole. Well, I wasn't eligible for parole because I was in prison for violation of parole. So they really wasn't willing to have that conversation with me to, to allow me to go. But you know what I did? I, 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 I would go to the Bible study, and, and they kept telling me, trust God. He will work it out. Even though everybody, the warden, the case manager, everybody kept saying, Tonier, you're not eligible to go to this program. You know, when you have your baby, you know, we will call the Department of Social Services. They will provide foster care for your baby. I knew I wouldn't be able to get my daughter back because I had a horrible history with protective service. And, but I, would, I kept going to this Bible study, and, and they kept praying over me, and they kept saying, trust God, trust God. And it didn't look good. I was in my eighth month of pregnancy. And, and I was, came back from Bible study, and I remember them giving me a pamphlet. And and I never read the pamphlet. I just picked it up in Bible study because you know that they were certain churches were coming to Bible study at the prison. And I walked back to my cell. And at this point, I was very nervous because I was nearing my due date, and and, and nothing. I wasn't hearing anything. So I I remember going back to my cell, and I was standing in the door, looking out that little teeny window. I put the pamphlet 
that I that I um, picked up from Bible study on my roommate's bunk. Bunk. She was on the top bunk, of course, because I was pregnant. And I put it up there, and I just stood in the door. And I'm telling you, this God knows this is the truth. I stood in the door, and I kept looking out at the the day room in the prison, and I just felt that there was no hope. And all of a sudden, a pamphlet fell over. That same pamphlet that I put on the top bunk fell over my shoulder. And and God knows, I'm not, God knows this is the truth. When I felt something coming over my shoulder, I opened up my hand because out of I was trying to catch it. I didn't know what it was. Nobody was in my cell with me. The pamphlet fell in my hand, and it said on the front, be still and let me be God. I don't know how to this day, this, well, I know how God, that he placed that pamphlet in my hand because I never even looked at it. But when it fell in my hand, I looked down, and it said, be still and let me be God, and I had this feeling of peace. Not long after that, I heard them come on the intercom and say, Kane, pack up. You're being transported to the Tamar Children Program. After everybody told me I could not attend this program, they told me to pack up. I was going into this program. The fact that everybody signed off on the same day, the case manager the warden and the commissioner who is nowhere on campus at this prison, I looked at the date of everybody signing off on this paper for me to go to this program. They signed off on it the very same day. That is unheard of. It usually takes six weeks for a commissioner to look at a file. And I knew that was, I knew God was with me. And I got to this program, and, and, you know, the program was a trauma-specific program, and they started to help me to work on everything that happened to me, the neglect, the abandonment, all the times I was sexually abused, the homelessness, losing my children, everything that I experienced, I they helped me to work through it, and I cried, and it was hard. I cried, but every time I would go to a session, I went back to my room and I prayed, and I and I and I gave praise to God. I was so grateful that God had allowed me, made a way for me to go to this program. And I started to read to my daughter. She was still in my belly. I would read the word to her every night, every day. I would read the Bible. And in reading the Bible to her, I started to learn things that I'd never seen before. And and now I understood. You know, there was a time I didn't understand how he could love and help somebody like me. But then when I would read the stories of the Bible, I realized he always used people like me. I look at the story of David, a man he called a man after his own heart. And this is the youngest of the brothers of, of the home of the, you know, when when the prophet went to, to find the, the, the king, God's king, anointed king. And when he went, he went into this household and they lined up the brothers and from the oldest, the strongest, they called. And he, they, he kept saying, no, he's not the one. Do you have any more sons? He said, yeah, but I'm my youngest, the weakest. He's in the field. He's just a shepherd in the field. He's filthy. He's dirty. He's the youngest. He's the weakest. But he was the one chosen by God. He was the one chosen by God. I look at the story of Rahab. She's a prostitute 
with the great, 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 great grandmother. Jesus, are you kidding me? She was being used. I looked at all of the disciples and apostles of Jesus. It is. It was always us. Always those that 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 men that that was the weakest in the in, in in what they call not worthy. You know, we were always. We are God chosen. We were chosen by God, handpicked. And I started to read, and I started to understand. It's not about me. My God, it's not about me. It's about him, his glory, and the love for his people, that he uses us to bring people onto him, to add people onto him, that he may be glorified, that he may be able to help his people through us. We look at this story of Paul. He did everything to crucify anybody that spoke the name of Jesus. But in the end, he was used to bring people on. See, there is no limit of, of of what God would do in their lives to be for him to be glorified, lifted up. Because ultimately, the goal is to have people come to him. And that's where my story comes about. You see, everybody's, oh, my God, just, you, you lived this horrific life. Yes, I did. But I survived. God had his hands on me, and when I look back in all the times that I was near death or maybe even dead, all the times that I put a needle in my arm and, 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 and OD'd or, 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 you know, the times that people had to wonder if I was going to survive or the times that I ripped these guys off and the guy, I forgot, he, I ripped off so many people, I forgot this guy about prostituting one night, and the guy picked me up put me in a van, and I'm thinking I'm going to make me some money. He take me to the wooded area, and when we got there, he asked me, do I remember him? And I said, no. He said, you don't remember ripping me off? This man beat me. He beat me, and he raped me. He strangled me. And when I woke up, he was straddled over my body with a boulder, ready to crush my skull. And I came to, and I said one name. I said one word. I said, Jesus. And I don't know if I said it out of just a reaction or the or the fact that God put his name on my tongue. That I'll always remember the power of his name. I said Jesus, and when I said Jesus, it startled him. He fell back off of me. This man picked me up and took me where he picked me up from. He said, I don't he said, I don't have any money but take this watch. I wasn't out there. Praising God, glorifying God. I was out there prostituting, but still, God had his eyes on me. When this guy was ready to crush my skull, he brought me to, and he put his name on my tongue. And I say, Jesus, and it saved my life. Even after I finished the Tamar program, not using drugs, doing well, I'm crossing the street one day, and the SUV hit me and tossed my body over the intersection, and I woke up in John Hopkins' ICU unit. Anybody don't understand how I survived being hit by a truck going 60 miles per hour. But when I woke up, I realized what another way God showed that nobody can pluck me from his hand. I woke up with two broken shoulders. My arm was shattered, had no skin on the right side of my body. Everything in my face was broken. But yet I survived, and it was another testimony to give God glory. All these things, 
And I think about every single time. I say he was always there. Even when I was doing the filthiest or the dirtiest of the dirt, he was there. I mean, the fact that I, I put needles in my arms, dirty needles with people that end up dying from AIDS, unprotected, sleeping with people that died from AIDS, the fact that every time that I did that, he was there in the midst, keeping me from contracting the HIV d- d- disease so I can one day have my daughter, a healthy daughter. So I can nurse her and know that experience. He kept me from that. See, even though we're not with him, he's always, always with us. And that's when we got to realize that it's not who we are to him, but who he is to us. And just give him, give him the glory and understand just the Try to understand this whole big picture it is not about him providing just our daily need, and he does that in an amazing way, but that's not what it's about. That's nothing to him. He is God. He said he called the lily of the valley. What, what much more he wouldn't do for us? The picture is how are we living our life to glorify him. Are we living our life to glorify him? Do we glorify him in our daily walk? I can tell you after everything I've been through, 83 arrests and 66 convictions, I get invitations to have dinner and breakfast with Congress on Capitol Hill. Washington, D.C. asked me, because they consider me an expert in my field, to me, what do you think we should do? How do you think we should go? I have systems of care all around the world asking me to give them my opinion and my suggestion to better their system. Me? Nine years ago, I was living on the streets, eating out of a trash can, racking up 83 arrests and 66 convictions with 19 years of substance abuse. Today, with no higher education other than a high school diploma, because I went back and got in the high school, with all of that, People look towards me and say, what do you think? That's God. Having dinner and breakfast with Congress, that's God. That's not me. Going out and telling people everything that I did and everything that happened to me, if you Google me, you have 20 pages of, of everything that has happened to me, people talking about how I cha- how I changed their lives and their systems. But the hope is not until near came. The hope is it's in Jesus Christ. I am grateful I'm being used. I am grateful that he, he's using me and that I'm walking in a purpose. When I look at my daughter, my daughter's eight years old. She goes to one of the best private schools in Maryland. She's a brilliant little girl. She, but I, I look at how God has instilled in me how to be a parent because if you don't know, you don't know. And, and I didn't have, I had learned behaviors from my mother. So I thank God. I live, I, you know, I, I, my life is a, a total opposite, total opposite of what it was nine years ago. I live in a beautiful home. I have great friends, and, and I most importantly, I try every day. I fail him every day because we all fall short of the glory of God and we all sin. But I know I can go to him at the end of the night, ask for forgiveness, and it's all forgotten. And the next day is a renewed. Every day I wake up, I know it's a renewed day, a refreshed day, that I can do something that may bring him glory, that may please my Lord. And I continue to, to work through it. I have I lost my kids. I did. I lost my kids. And my struggle today has been 
you know, trying to reunite with them. And even though I heard the word no and yes, and but they still won't, you know, commit to, to meeting me, I thank God that he gave them a chance. He gave them opportunities. Painful as it is, every day they realize you got four kids walking this earth. If you passed them in the street, you wouldn't even know it. I wouldn't even know it. I thank God that he is their father. He is over. He looks over them. And if and if it be his will, one day I will be reunited with my children. Because God is a God of restoration. He is. And I know, without a doubt, I know if this supposed to be, it's going to be in a way that I could not even imagine. You know, I'm just grateful that he's given me opportunity to go if I, um, I got a call from um, the 700 Club where they want to um, highlight, feature my story, and they're going to film it next month. That's just another opportunity to give God the glory. I just want to just honor him and, 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 and praise him and let people know it is about my relationship with Jesus Christ, or more so his relationship with me his love, his mercy, and his grace. See, I didn't do anything to earn his love, but now I know there's nothing I can do to stop his love. And I walk in that, and I walk in that every single day. He is my Lord and Savior. He is the hope. He is the true hope in all of my, and everything that happened to me, what's going on in my life. I live a great life. I'm the team leader for the National Center for Trauma-Informed Care. I'm the Director of Advocacy Services for the National Association of State Mental Health Program Directors. I am CEO and founder of two companies. I am a award-winning um, film producer. I have two films out, and I have one coming up called Walking Through Bullets, where we focus in on community violence for the boys and the men they become, that trauma. I'm grateful for what all God has done. Nine years ago, they told me that there was no hope for me. I was going to spend the rest of my life going in and out of prison, dying in the streets. Cincinnati in June 30th is Tonier Kane Day, proclaimed by a mayor. In the state of Florida, two governors, former Governor Chris and the, the, the present Governor Scott, November 1st is trauma-informed care, Tonier Kane Day. Are you kidding me? That's God. He will never let you down. He will never leave you or forsake you no matter what you've been through or how far down you were. He will pull you up. He will lift you up. And he will clean you up. And you will walk in the newness of him. That's his promises to us. And the great thing about God is he never, in in all the word, I never see anything. I never see anything that he asks us to promise him anything. But the Bible is full of promises from him. Thank you, God, that you came down, that you gave your only begotten son, that I may spend eternity with you, that my children may have an opportunity, that my children may not suffer from my sins. I praise him and I thank him and I thank the listeners of this program. You know, I um, there's a lot going on. I have a book that's ready to be published. I'm healing Neen. And it's N-E-E-N, Healing Mean. You can go to my website, healingmean.com, and request a copy of this film that's on five continents right now, Changing Systems, Changing Lives. We did this film for the state of Maryland, and that's it. But this film, God had allowed this film to get all around the world to help people to see that there is hope. I am grateful that I had the opportunity to, to share my little story, my testimony. 
to glorify God on your show today, Patricia. Thank you for having me. Oh, Tamir, I have been um, just <laughs> wiping my eyes and uh, crying and um, rejoicing and just uh, reminded of what a great God, what a great God um, we serve. Uh, and through it all, he simply said, be still and let me yes. be God. Yes. Um, I I thank you for taking the time out of your schedule. Oh, and um, excuse me. Can we um, play a song real quick? I need to take a break. Just for yes. Okay. Absolutely. It is all I keep protecting. Sing it with me tonight. Come on.
even though you were damaged and you were bruised. Uh, I know that when we call the name of Jesus, something happens. Yeah. Um, there are things that happen that we can't see. And oftentimes the people, when we say the name of Jesus, um, things happen, um, you know, in, in the atmosphere. Um, angels, you know, get dispatched. And yeah. um, I believe that that's what happened, you know, for you that night uh, because I've seen it myself. I've seen it, you know, in, in the throes of um, danger and just calling out the name of Jesus, you know, just not being able to say nothing else but just the name of Jesus and watching things transpire, you know, invisible things that nobody can see. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and seeing, you know, angels, are, you know, just, you know, whip in and out just at the name of Jesus being lifted up. And, and it's, it's just like, uh, I thank you. I thank you. And uh, you have no idea how uh, difficult it is for me to even just say right now <laughs> and uh, continue to, to talk because I love the God we serve. Yeah. And uh, uh, finding your story was no accident for me. Um, yeah. And for you to reach out, you know, and respond and say, yes, you know, if I can find the time, yes, I will come. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for that. And I want to thank uh, God for all that he has done in your life, yeah. all that he's doing and all that he's about to do in your life. And um, he is a restoring God. He is a miracle restoring God. And I just believe that um, God um, also has a sense of humor. And maybe when we least expect him to show us that he is still God, um, that uh, out of us not trying, but out of him being God, that all the things that you've been hoping for and praying for in regards to your babies, in regards to the things that you lost, um, that they will come back to you, that they will be restored to you. And um, it, it may not be the way that you think it's going to be, but the way right. that God does it, it will be well. It will be yeah. well. And um, because his, his, his mind is bigger than ours. Um, yes. Um, his ways are higher than our ways. And I just, you know, want to, again, ask, um, the listening audience, those of you who are listening now, those of you who will be listening later, please, please, please uh, download this podcast at the end of the show. Share it. Spread the word. Healing me, Tanir, maintain her testimony, her story. And um, I, I just I just want to thank you again. I want to thank you again for um, coming on the show and for encouraging me. For sure, you have no idea how much you encouraged me by listening uh, to your story. I, we have similar stories, um, but I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged. And um, people often ask me why I don't talk about my story more. And I, you know, it's like I have uh, I have, and I haven't, you know. And yeah. um, that momentum and that passion and that courage uh, to talk about it, I have. But there's a part of me, uh, because a lot of times, you know, we think in terms of, well, you know, some of the people who harmed you are still alive, you know, and you get into that mode and, and you know, yeah. the, the circle and stuff like that. 
And I just, you know, I, I'm not afraid. I don't believe. Uh, but there is, like, sometimes a drawback to really just come out and just talk, you know, and just talk, yeah. you know. And, and I have an audience to talk to about right. the same things or similar things um, that you've encountered. And, uh, you know, I just uh, find such uh, joy in being able to help other people tell their yeah. story and being able to help promote. So I believe that in God's time, in God's time, yeah. um, it will come It will come full circle for me. Um, but I just, again, um, am just so proud of who you are in Christ. Yeah, thank you. And um, I, I wish, you know, you much success um, as a mother um, with, uh, you know, your children, um, with, you know, your child that you do have. Oh, and may God just use her even now at her tender age, you know, so mightily for his glory and keep her safe and in his care. Um, and um, as you go forward um, on, you know, the 700 Club, oh, lift him high, girl, because you lift him high here. I know, I know, I know that you will lift up the name of your Savior high on our CBN. So I am uh, going to do my best uh, as, as soon as you have all the information. I would love to be able to watch uh, the episode uh, you know, and be, uh, you know, sharing that with other people because I will, you know, tweet it and everything. Um, so please, as soon as you have the details, you know, pass them back to me. And anytime you have time in your busy schedule, please, 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 please come back by Patricia Adams Live. Okay. Please Absolutely. come by. And, um, you know, we will help you promote your causes and um, whatever it is that uh, you need to say. Okay? And so for those of you who are in the listening audience now and in the future, we serve a God who is able to do exceedingly yes. and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. Eighty, how many, Tonya? Eighty, how many convictions? I mean, eighty arrests. Eighty-three arrests and sixty-six convictions. And she is able to go to the White House. She's able to go amongst the Senate House floor. I mean, seriously. <laughs> you know, it's like. Uh, with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing. So mm, I, I, I want to thank verse. you. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. I'm serious. It's like at some point that I'm going to have to uh, have an, an offline conversation with you and tell okay. you because you have no idea, just absolutely no idea um, how much um, your coming on the show has, has meant to me. And I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all the things that you could have been doing um, and uh, how you could have wasted the opportunity that God gave you. Um, And, you know, it's like when when God says enough is enough, enough is enough. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it's something about when God confronts you, when God confronts you, (laughs) you know you've been confronted. Yeah, you know, I mean, he he is just like he he does it in such a way that you don't have to wonder was this like that's you know, right. A ghost. <laughs> you, you that's know what I'm right. saying? You, you know that you have been confronted by God. 
you know, yeah. nobody, it's like, well, you know, what happened? What happened? It was like, God. Are you sure it was God? Yes, I'm sure it was God. Oh, yes. How do you know? Because when he gets in your face, you know. That's right. You know that you have been faced you know, face down by God. And it's like, you know what, what are you going to do? And he said, just letting that pamphlet fall over your shoulder. He told you back then and he says, you know what, I got this. I got yep. this. I need you just to be still, sit down, shut up, and let me show you yep. how I work. You know, and I'm telling you, it's like he has been that kind of God in my life. Um, and even sometimes when, you know, we want to, uh, stagger at the promises of God. He reminds us. He brings us back full circle and reminds us, I told you, I got this. I got yeah. this. So, um, Tonier, um, your next event is coming up, yes? Um, yes. You have something else coming up before the 700 Club. Oh, I do. I um, I was two, um, two days ago, I was in Kentucky. I was in a small town called Moorhead, Kentucky, and oh my goodness, it really is, it really is, had a great time there, and just knowing um, that God, and so many people in the audience are providers that have been through a lot of stuff, but they also come to know God, and I'm thankful for that, Um, and a few days before that, I was in um, Mississippi, and I was in Texas, I'm leaving this week to go to Phoenix. I'm off to Phoenix for um, speak at a community college there, and then I was asked to speak at a, a charity event, a gala. That so I, I love when I'm able to put on a gown. <laughs> I love when I can put on <laughs> I a gown. He, God Jesus loves it too. He loves it too. Yes, loves God cleans us up. God cleans us up. No, so I'm gonna do that, and then I'm off to. Um, I'll be going to Iowa, leaving Iowa to go to North Carolina. Then I'll be, a couple of days later, I'll be in Denver, leaving Denver to go to Florida. And then San Francisco, San Francisco. So I have a lot coming up before the 700 Club. <laughs> yes, my God, my God. I saw one of your tweets where you said, uh, you know, uh, sleep, where are you? I was like, oh, I feel that. I was like, oh, I felt that. And I thought, you know, I, I was just like, oh, my goodness, please, 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 you know, let her be able to uh, still you know, come on the show and everything. But I know you aren't in the habit of following people, but I wish you would follow us at Patricia Adams Live. It's actually at Pat Adams Live. I I really, you know, would appreciate that. It's just at Pat Adams Live um, on the Twitter. Um, And but to those of you who, again, tweet the show, please, 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 because I'm going to schedule this to go out and repeat so many times before this is over. But, Tamir, I want to thank you again uh, for being on the show, and we are going to wrap up. And uh, I'm going to place you on a brief hold because we're about to come up on uh, 90 seconds in the show, okay? Thank you. Okay. My book, A Child's Rights Violated, Her Terrors and Traumas, shares my voice to my childhood difficulties. And my other books share my voice of response to my childhood difficulties. Find links in the show notes or go to patriciaadamslive.com to be taken to online retailers. If you are in distress currently and need immediate help, call 911. And you can also reach out to the National Hotline for Child Abuse at 1-800-4-CHILD. 24-7 crisis counselors are available. 
As we close the show, remember, temporary difficulties end and your response to them determine how you live life after your difficulties. So respond well and live. Tweet about the show on Twitter at Pat Adams Live and comment to our Facebook page at the bottom of the show page. Follow us on the show page to receive notices of the next airing. If you have questions, comments, want to be a guest, topic requests, let me know. Fill out the contact form on PatriciaAdamsLive.com. Thanks for listening. That's the show. Until next time, take care and watch for more from the Patricia Adams Live show. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.